0: funny heartwarming ways and just kind of everything about our giant industry of smut this week's guest is hunter s johnson i'm so excited to be back um last week's pod was the most listened to podcast to obvious reasons with lily kate's terrorist manifesto and me being a subject of the bbc article So I'm going to go into a little bit of that today before we get into the pod. But first, if you want to support the podcast, you can become a monthly member of my Patreon. It's patreon.com slash Chelsea Poe. Again, that's patreon.com slash Chelsea Poe. Last week was really unreal. It was really, really intense. I did not expect this to blow up into a global story and to be interviewed and having journalists listening to this podcast pulling quotes. So it's been a very interesting week. I really truly believe that Lily Kate has been mostly held accountable. I think being completely deplatformed is a really good way for people to hold people accountable and with them retracting their statements. um, I'm assuming there might be legal consequences going on that we're not aware of, but it seems like there was legitimate consequences and the BBC removed them from at least the English version. And I truly feel like things are moving in the right direction on holding them accountable. Um, I would love for my interview with Carolyn Lowbridge to be released. Um, I hold no real ill will to her. Um, She seemed genuinely nice. It was a very uncomfortable interview for me because of the questioning. But I'm not calling for anyone to lose their job or to get in trouble or reprimanded um, other than the person who shared honest terroristic threats. Um, This podcast is a direct result of the uncomfortable interview I had there where I just felt like I was trying to be baited the entire interview. So I'm really happy at least something came positive out of this. This is the second last um, episode of the season. Um, next week, we are wrapping the season with the season finale with April Flores, a complete icon. I'm a huge, huge Katie Nolan fan from her podcast sports. And something she did on that a lot was doing mental health check-ins. And I want to start doing that on here because this last week has been truly unreal. And I didn't feel normal until yesterday. Just having such a amount of and just things directed your way whether it's people thinking that I'm trying to take on the BBC and trying to motivate me to do that or people misgendering me on turf stuff on um twitter i just feel like it's really important to talk about how overwhelming that stuff can be and how i don't think anyone is prepared to handle all that media backlash so for my own mental health, I've been essentially blocking every anyone who doesn't have a real name or real um, photo just because I don't feel like that's a real honest conversation because they're not even arguing with you or even critiquing you from a real place that they're willing to show as much as I'm. Well, not quite as much as I'm willing to show, obviously, but at least just being on the same level and just having an honest and good conversation. So that's really helped my mental health, and meditation has really helped. But this stuff's really hard. And I know I'm not the only sex worker who is going through hard things and having difficulties. And I just want to say it's okay to be stressed out and feel like stuff is hard sometimes. I think that's why it's so important to have a therapist and. I have a hell of a therapy session coming up, so I'm really looking forward to that. But yeah, I think that's the first mental health check-in. And yeah, I'm going to keep doing this more because I think mental health, and especially mental health of performers, needs to be talked about. So today, I'm so excited for you to listen to my interview with fellow Michigander Hunter S. Johnson. We go into way too much talking about Grand Rapids and geography of Grand Rapids, um we talk about how he made the jump to Berlin. How awkward Second. Hunter S. Johnson. Today, we have known of each other for an extremely long time. I've known of you since I literally was camming on the west side of Grand Rapids, and
1: same, same. You wait, on the west side of Grand Rapids. Wait, were you yeah, actually no.
0: on the west side?
1: <laughs> okay, well, I mean, what is uh, Division Street? Is that west side? Because I do not remember my uh, Grand Rapids
0: anymore. No, the west side is like. Do you know where like the YMCA and Big Boy is?
1: Yes, yes, yes. That's yes. the west
0: side. Anything on that side of the river, like, until you get to almost like Standale or Allendale? Gotcha. Well, first off, are you from Grand Rapids or Holland?
1: I was, born, I was born in Grand Rapids, lived in Wyoming for the first 12 years of my okay. life, and there's so really that's like no distinction. like a suburb, yeah. There's no distinction. They're all trash. It's all trash.
0: <laughs> yeah, Wyoming is definitely the suburb that gets the most hate around West Michigan. I'm, I was born in Grand Rapids, but I grew up in Holland until I think I was in like second or third grade and lived between Holland and Grand Rapids for basically until I moved. So I feel like it's equally both, but I have more family in Holland now.
1: How long were you there for?
0: My whole life until I was 22 when I moved here.
1: Assumedly, that's a Dutch flag in the background I'm seeing as well, right? Yeah,
0: I used it for... Last year for AVN, which you were also nominated for, wait, no, you were nominated two years ago.
1: Exactly, exactly, two years ago. Oh, God, what a so, cool, intensely stressful experience.
0: It is. So, yeah, I, for last year, because I was at home, I did um, Decrim now on the Dutch flag, and now I have a Dutch flag. So I'm like, nice. I'll just, I'll just throw it out. It's fine.
1: Don't you love how growing up anywhere near Grand Rapids gives you this feeling of being closer to Amsterdam? Like, you just anytime I yeah. go to the Netherlands, I'm like... Oh, okay. I know this culture.
0: Yeah, you, like for me, are you Dutch, by the way? Not even a little bit, which is the great part. Oh, are you like one of those Polish people from Grand Rapids then?
1: Excuse me. I'm just those wondering. Polish those are like the two options. Rapids. <laughs> oh, oh. I'm actually wildly enough. So, like, my, fa- my mom said, the family is completely from Kansas. Like, I mean, for generations, my dad's mm. side is more from like, mid-Michigan but um going back from both sides it's, it's like it's all Czech and German like I mean stupidly oh, okay. stupidly German we have family from Berlin in what period of time I will not tell you because it's the period of time that nobody likes to talk about
0: so it. yeah so you live in Berlin now so I guess it came full circle it's in a in a better way than it
1: was back then yep
0: yeah the whole like West Michigan Netherlands connection is so weird because there's oh, so man. much I didn't realize until I went to Amsterdam that's like oh this is like stuff I grew up with and just like seeing people that look like my cousins and stuff and seeing people that look like people I went to school with and all the same last names
1: the van van everything this is what it's so wild to me it's like the same sort of like weird conservatism lives in Grand Rapids that lives in the Netherlands like kind of just live your life but live it by God's rules. It's, it, it's so prevalent in Grand Rapids everywhere. And yeah, I think like the
0: same vibe is- It's really intense in Grand Rapids because I feel like it's all, I mean, I've actually looked into this history lately because so being from West Michigan and being trans and like into like doing alternative art and porn and stuff, I was just like, oh, my culture doesn't apply to any of this at all. I'm just like, it has nothing to do with it. Then I went to Amsterdam and everything's sex work, everything's weed, everything's all the things I literally like make up my personality essentially. And I was just like, oh, wow, I can actually have this be part of my personality. And this was also shortly after I came out to all my family as a sex worker. And for me, that was like a really big thing just to be like, oh, there's actual Dutch culture that's like pro-sex work and not just completely like betsy devos and shit like that because, american
1: style conservatives. Yeah, yeah
0: because that's all west michigan really is i mean i don't think holland michigan ever had a democrat run it's always only republicans
1: i mean through back to the amway i mean it's all been controlled by the yeah. amway founders, the bosses the van andels since like the 40s and i mean they have like literally every bit of politics from that area including the how we deal with sexuality, how we deal with drugs, how we deal with everything mm-hmm. follows the you know Amway model of conservative um, religion, Christianity and politics. They, they really yep. went balls out on the whole, let's fuck up liberal people's lives.
0: Yeah, it's just so um, evangelical. And yeah, I grew up completely separated from churches and stuff because both my parents were atheists. So yeah. I think particularly being in that environment, it just felt very like just being out of it you know especially in like the suburbs like jenison and granville are just so ultra conservative
1: that's a question though since both your parents were um atheists do you feel like you had an easier like um entry into the sex work world do you feel as though you had less friction because of it or did your parents still have of the same basic issues
0: um my dad was like kind of in and out of poverty my whole adulthood. Um, He ultimately passed away, I think five years ago now or something like that um, while being homeless. So he wasn't really much involved more than just being like, oh, you're following art stuff. I support you doing that. You need to do what you're going to do. And my mom kind of had the basic Holland, Michigan reaction of, oh my God, you're going to do meth. You're going to do this, this, and this. And it's just like, no. And I think now she's really come around on it more, but I think it's still definitely a little bit of an issue but I was really lucky to win a trophy last week or I guess it was last month now in LA and everyone came out of the fucking woodwork to be like oh we support you like Like friends family people I went to elementary school with ex-girlfriends like so now I'm like oh wow there's all these people that care so I think I'm like kind of on a high from that still but um yeah, it is really disappointing that there's not like anywhere in Grand Rapids that I can screen my films or in Holland, I could screen my films and yeah, I've been involved with the Grand Rapids Feminist Porn Film Festival a few times there. Good. But even the that, Grand I, Feminist
1: Porn Film Festival.
0: Yeah, I did panels there twice.
1: All right, um, all right, is, it, is it five people?
0: Oh no, it's at the wealthy theater, actually. This is all inside Grand Rapids baseball, but like maybe the Grand Rapids is yeah, exactly, yeah, gonna, <laughs> gonna run with this. I don't I don't care because people talk about LA this way.
1: Thank you. There's gonna be like two Grand Rapids listeners out there that are just like salivating in their earbuds, going, oh my God, talk more about wealthy theater. Yeah, 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 yeah. Is it Town?
0: Yeah, yeah. So there was like a screening there and I did um I talked about stuff, but I forget that I was in Michigan. So I was talking about a festival in New York and then I was like, oh yeah, then there's like, uh, just like open sex can happen and there's like orgies going on and everyone in the room, is just like mouth open, a gate being like, <gasps> oh. says, <laughs> just like a panel on like general, like trans people in film.
1: Do you find that the feminist film festival there, like, like what kind of feminism do you find from them? Is it like the, do you find a certain sort of judgmental feminism, or is it like because me, I see that the Berlin feminism as like open to everything, feel what you want, but I feel like sometimes American feminism can get that, especially small town American feminism, can get that sort of like, well, I don't know about that.
0: But I mean, I've only stayed for two panels, our friend um Bryn, who is an amazing Bryn! porn performer. They yeah, spoke yeah. before me, and I was like, hell yeah, there's, like, a sex worker stripper speaking, and I'm like, hell yeah, and then the next panel was mine, and then I got the fuck out of there, basically, because <laughs> I'm just like, I'm I'm fine. Um, it's Grand Rapids, so I have, like, exes working different booths and stuff, so that was a little yeah. bit of a thing, but um, it seemed the first, I don't know if it still exists, but, like, the first few times, it was pretty okay, but also... It's a feminist, like, film festival. I don't think they had enough local artists. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that was kind of an issue where I think if you're doing a city's film festival, you really need to bring in the local community and really bring in local artists. And I feel like that's something so many film festivals fail at.
1: You know, I actually, I moved down to Grand Rapids to... Find my uh my sex worker porn world. I moved down there to like broaden my horizons because I was living up in Traverse City for the majority of my life, right? And people yeah. had told me, no joke, this is what people said, yeah, man, you should go to Grand Rapids. It's 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 like the Berlin of Michigan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: and because it's literally I, like only me and Brand making stuff, and like geez. we weren't even making stuff together at that point. Nope. No, nope,
1: I just, I, and, I'm, and me as like, you know, the little small town boy with big eyes, I'm like, oh, uh,
0: really? That
1: sounds great. Go down to Grand Rapids, find out. It's like at least 80% churches.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, just the amount of churches I rep around. You just don't see that anywhere else in the world. There was no, like 100 no. churches in a square mile of my house. Like, churches and like...
1: craft breweries and breweries that work. Churches and churches that sometimes serve craft beer it, it's, it's yeah, kind of a.
0: that's kind of the whole gimmick on holland and um grand rapids just craft beer in religion
1: but i had so when i when i moved down there that was when i really cut my teeth in the camming game because like that's uh, when i when i i got my start in porn um when i was 18 i was doing this uh like i i worked for michael moore on um film oh, really?
2: yeah that's how oh, I yeah i was wondering.
1: Yeah. So, like, I was, I was going to college and um, he was hiring for his film for some interns, and I'd always want to do film. And uh, through a friend of a friend, I got in as an intern and then ended up working on the entire production all the way up to production assistant. And it was.
0: What film was like, it? Uh,
1: capitalism, a Love Story, which was also mm. a. Huge I've watched that deal. a
0: million times. Yeah. You like it? Yeah, man. That's like. Yeah. I mean, I, I feel like some stuff with Michael Moore, I'm a little bit like, all right. All right. Yeah. But also yeah. like some of it, I'm just like, yeah, you're from Michigan. You understand this shit. You're from Flint. You get what it's like. My first,
1: my first um, girlfriend's parents worked with him in his early days, And even they said he was an asshole. Like everybody who knows him, he's an <laughs> asshole. But he's I a- could see that. I like, I'm still so thankful to him for giving me my first opportunity. Like, without without being on that production, I wouldn't have moved to Europe. I wouldn't have met the people I met. I mm. was I was in the Young Republicans until I was like. 17. Oh really?
0: You did the yeah, no thing?
1: Well, I was homeschooled for a good four years. Oh,
0: that yeah. Makes so I come sense. from like
1: deep Baptist, you know, hardcore Christian upbringing. Um, very, very, very like conservative republican parenting family life and, and like getting to work on that getting to work with all these like new people like being 18 first going to college and then finally starting to meet all these people with like, completely different ways of thinking it was it was it was opening so many doors for me you know what i mean like that was just so freeing so yeah did you yeah, go to school in grand it-
0: rapids or did you go to another place in michigan
1: I ended up after I ended up doing two years at Grand Valley one year I did up in Traverse City and then the other year I did um over the internet while I was here in Berlin so Uh and then after that I
0: decided why the fuck am I wasting my money on this shout out Campus View Apartments it's where I started camming
1: Oh, my God, dude, I got so lucky I moved down, though. Um, there are these, like, artist-only apartments on Division where they were trying to gentrify the shit out of that, uh, you know, that really, uh, let's say...
0: Yeah, like, by where Skeletons area. was and stuff. Yeah, like right down by the mixtape, station.
1: Yeah. Exactly, mm-hmm. yeah. So they were trying to gentrify the shit out of it. They are bringing it. It was back in the good old hipster, like, you know, 2012 days where you could, I don't know, have some random uh, T-shirt printing shop down there, and it would actually make money,
0: right? I mean, that so, was the thing about Grand Rapids—is everything was so cheap. Yeah, that the art scene was thriving because you could be in a local band and make a living off of that, or like with camming, I could get my rent paid at night.
1: We you know? made so much money with camming. Mm-hmm. We made—I mean, I swear to God—and that was all we did. We we got a, a really nice apartment set up, like, and it was for two people. I went down there with my former partner, like we kind of let's say escaped. Traversy together, we both like decided after a while. I got back from living in Dublin, met this person, like I'd worked in porn before, and that kind of like opened doors for both of us being like, Hey, we're wildly sexual people, let's do this thing together, we can make this happen. And it was fucking great, like, we really, really ran a camming business. you know what I mean? Like, every day was studying the cams, who's um, doing what, how do we run games, what kind of games you want to do, when do we want to do our stuff, um, how do we set, up, like, we set up an actual studio and everything. Mm-hmm. God, those, and, and it works. Like, you know, I mean, we work a good five hours a day and make so much
0: fucking money. Yeah, I truly. Like, yeah. you were on Kink Live back then, right? What you on? oh Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: we did chatterbait like for a good two years and like we're always in at least the the top page, if not like the top 10 or 20. It was a like it was a full time job for us.
0: Wow. Yeah, I was doing full time camming. I was also like Grand Rapids is, I would say, a pretty big party city. Like everyone goes out there all the time. Yes. So like my schedule was so fucked up because I would be like, okay. Thursday, half off drinks at gay bar. Everyone's going to be there. I'm going there. Friday, I'm going to the gay bar. Saturday, I'm going to a few bars. And then everything else around my week was like, okay, I'm going to cam so I can get to do that, basically. That was really my mindset when I was first like an adult there when I was like 19, 20, 21, where I'm just like, I felt like I was truly having like a nine to five job, but doing like fucking weird hours where I wake up at three o'clock in the afternoon every day. That is, that is damning,
1: though, isn't it? Like it's literally—it's more than nine to five. Like you're sitting there and you're, you know, while eating your um, um, cereal, you're like texting people, making mm-hmm. sure people are going to be there for your show later on. Also, you're, you're reminding me of this. I think you're actually the first person I ever identified in my head as a porn star. <laughs> so I remember, I, I was, I was, I, I was grinning back then and I was so like... <laughs> You know, she's telling me, I'm like, oh, I just did this film called, what was it called? Across America? Or what was it? Um, Oh, Queer
0: Porn Americana. Yeah, Brynn and I produced it together. And I knew
1: nothing about queerness at this point. I was like trying to learn so hard. And I was just so like, oh my God, this person's amazing. (laughs) This person's doing, it's a porn star doing Queer Porn Americana. That sounds so huge. And I tried to play it off to brain like, oh, that sounds cool in my head I'm like oh my god what if we get to meet this Chelsea (laughs) Pope
0: literally if you were there just like a year or two earlier asking I was like literally felt like I was doing nothing I would just was like okay I flew out to California twice I was able to make stuff and then it was just basically like okay you're just a cam girl at home and you just like have regular ass roommates and stuff you know
1: back then though being a cam girl I don't know man I mean like I feel like what what year was this like 2016 you said 2000 I
0: moved at the end of 2013
1: to California. Camming in 2013 is totally different than it was than it is today like it was such a smaller group of people and yeah. doing porn back then is such a wildly different thing especially for doing being anyone who does porn from Michigan. How many of us are there? There's like 20
0: maybe. Yeah, there's still not very many um there's one really um famous trans girl from I think Detroit yeah um what's her name she used to have a Miley haircut and I thought she was gay and then I found out she was very (laughs) (laughs) non-gay I'm like oh the haircut fooled me um why am I blanking on her name is she still performing yes she is um Okay, you can continue. Um, I can figure yeah, it out. You know, yeah,
1: yeah, I <laughs> feel like we should at some point, I, I really hope if I ever get the chance to come to LA or we all end up at the AVNs or something, we should have like a Michigan contingent of sex workers and I don't know what would we would all eat pasties everybody's just eating pasties. oh I
0: want conies I miss conies more than anything pasties or oh, whatever because yeah. I'm not I'm not Polish so like I'll fuck with a pasty or a kielbasa. it's, it's
2: Finnish it is a Finnish you're not see,
0: from
1: northern I, Michigan this is uh, see I, yeah
0: that's a big difference like yeah. I'm two and a half hour two two hours from Chicago you're like up there with all like... Way the fuck up there, yeah. Yeah, yeah I had a roommate yes. from the UP, the Upper Peninsula, Michigan. It's just truly a whole different fucking world.
1: Honest to God, it's wild. The accents, the experiences. Get this, get this. I'm dating someone now for a year that I met in Berlin. She's from Petoskey. Like, she's been to, she's been to my high school. <laughs>
0: That's the funniest shit that you move across the world and you're like, oh yeah, I'm dating a girl from Petoskey. Like what? That's ridiculous. Her mom goes out with my mom every
1: once in a while. They know each other for years. Yeah, know, yeah, know. They're real nice people.
0: Yeah, my God. Yeah, it's a wild experience. Um. Yeah, at the time though, were you coming on King Clive with Brynn at the time or no? And and I, uh, we
1: talked about camming on Chatterbait a few times, but like really it ended up never panning out. I think Brynn just kept mm. on um, stripping at the, at the time. Or did we? I don't know. We were, we were kind of like starting around that time, starting to bring in thirds and special partner, um, <sighs> special guest stars and stuff like that. But something with Brynn, it never worked out. I think she had her own thing going on with the Kink Live. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I was on Kink Live at the time and just what, because what's... the price of living was so low that I literally paid for enough money to come out here after like two months of gaming.
1: No shit. Okay, how much does it cost? Like, When you, let's, I want to talk about that for a second. Cause I'm super interested in like the, in the entire concept of moving out to California for porn, right? Yes. Like how much did it cost you to get out there to start with? Like just for startup living, everything?
0: I, well, I probably only two grand, honestly. So I, no at the time my rent was 550. So I paid that and the deposit so it was like 1100 I guess I paid for my ticket and my cat's ticket so that was probably another 400 and then I yeah. literally just moved out here with two suitcases and
1: yeah makes sense
0: I was like my goal of moving out here I'm like maybe it'll work out six months I can just move back home this whole thing that it all worked out is kind of we Did wild, what the to moment be honest? Where
1: figured out that like you figured out it it had worked out for you you know what I mean like was there was there a bit of doubt or did it flow perfectly?
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, there definitely was because I moved out here because I was doing Kink Live and then I was like, oh, I'm a BDSM performer. I'm a submissive. And Kink.com's like, oh, if you come out here, you can get more work. You can do all this. <laughs> oh, okay. So you can see where this is going, right? Yep. yep. So Kink.com, Especially- then when I come out here, they're like, oh, you're a dom and a top, right? And I'm like, no. And they're like, oh, we can't work with you then. Wait, so what? I was like, what the fuck? But at the same time, um, I was becoming closer with like Courtney um, at Trouble Films and stuff. And they're like, oh, do you want to like try to make this narrative movie together? Fucking Mystic. And I did it. And that was everything ever since has kind of just been.
1: been so that was kind of like the,
0: the
1: the moment for you was meeting Courtney and continuing on with that stuff.
0: Yeah, when fucking Mystic came out, my life yeah. literally changed like nothing. Before even my first year in California, I'd maybe go on a trip once every few months. Ever since, it's been full blown porn star shit happening the, all actual the time. Porn
1: star life, like you'll just get booked to go somewhere, and that's your next week. Is like, our yeah, plan.
0: yeah, that literally started love- happening I like the you week find after. Stressful or- um, like- I think it is stressful. I think it's definitely wound down now that there's less studio work, mm. but. I just wanna produce shit with like, you get it, you're from Grand Rapids. So it's like, there's this whole punk ethic of like, oh yeah, just get your friends, have them come over. We'll make some art and then we'll like, you know, play a show or release this thing. So that's kind of always been my whole ethic with making porn, you know? Do you kind of have that same vibe?
1: this is where I'd like to get but I I don't know something's holding me back because like I I have this thing of I'm I'm working on my second ex-confessions film right now we're going to be shooting on December 11th and like um, when I moved to Berlin I moved to Berlin with a specific intention of building connections in the porn scene and starting Mm -hmm. to make the porn that I want to see like this more artistic back then I didn't think of it as anything ethically inclined now I've kind Mm -hmm. of found that I, I have a little bit more I found that I had a little bit more reason now that I'm actually wanting to eventually start a website. I'm finding that the ethics become less important. The money becomes more important because that's what happens when you have to work under (laughs) capitalism. You need to think about the money. But yeah, I'm I'm working on my second one now and I keep on, I've written so many scripts and I have so many ideas for like little 200 euro films that I could produce. I have all of like, I have an entire studio's worth of equipment. And then when I go to do it, I just I flake at the last minute. I go, oh no, it's fine. I'm I, I should I should sit on the couch. I, I, you're right. I used to be this way. I used to be like, let's go shoot something and a couple of friends. Now I, I feel like I just need to re overcome that that indie hump. Do you know what I mean? Just that. Yeah. Call up some friends, have them fuck on the couch, get out my uh, get out my cam and practice mm-hmm. with that vibe.
0: Yeah, I mean. That's all you kind of have to do. I mean, like the whole thing that brings me back to porn, it's not like, oh, I get to live out my fantasies, all that shit, making a living. It's not really that. It's just like that creative feeling is what I really care about, that you can just like get in a room and then leave with like a piece of film or art or whatever. It's like the same as being in a band when I, I played in a bunch of bands growing up, like different hardcore and shit. And like, that's the thing that I missed from being in bands for a while when I got out of that. And i feel like in porn i definitely have the same feeling now where it's just like you just know you created a thing with four other people or three other people
1: and the positive feedback that you get from it i really appreciate that in porn if if i would have tried to do like movie making proper i would be still a production assistant with absolutely zero Mm -hmm. names to my or my name in porn I can just go and do shit and get positive feedback, like actual critical acclaim and people telling me that's either good or bad, because in porn, you can just rise up to whatever level you want to so quickly.
0: Yeah, I think you can. I think the only hard thing about porn is it's like a lot of other entertainment industries. There's a million people trying to also do that. I think so. Oh, definitely. I mean, I think particularly with being a trans woman, like it were like a fucking thousand girls who started at the same time as me. And now there's like four left.
1: You know, this is an experience I have zero. Well, this is a, a part of the porn industry that I have zero experience with, because like, I'm only used to the European Berlin scene, which I think mm-hmm. you have a little bit of an idea of, but here yeah. it's so small. Like we it haven't is. grown as a group in Berlin, like the porn scene here, more than two people in the past, like three or four years. Like we are begging for more people to join our little group. I assume over the LA scene, is completely different.
0: Well, I'm not in LA, I'm in SF. Okay, yeah, even better. Yeah, I think the Berlin porn scene really mirrors what SF used to be, maybe like 10 years ago, something like that, when there was just the start of companies like Crash Pad and Trouble Films and stuff, and it was still so small and localized. I just don't know what the Berlin porn scene is going to become because I don't know how much of the pandemic has gotten rid of all the accessible like housing and stuff because I know the rents have gone up a lot in Berlin since and I still don't know if there's going to be like that push that people feel like they can go there and you know continue to be a porn star and live cheaply.
1: I think that'll always be a certain bit of a thing here because Berlin is the type of city I think a lot like San Fran that like It has a certain call. It has a certain people know it as a sexual city. I mean, that's why I ended up here because I knew it as a sexual city. You always have people who, even if they don't come here for porn, they meet people who are in porn and those people give them a positive experience of of it, which opens them up to doing it. So you have more people like switching careers and just being interested in maybe even doing it as a sideline job. Like, oh, I'm I'm sure I'll join this. I'm sure I'll play in your porn.
0: I think the biggest thing about porn in Berlin that's so different is that there's people doing it just for the art. And that doesn't really happen in the United States. And the United States is so capital driven.
1: Capital driven and also um, the morals of it mean that if you're going to do it, you can't, you need to go in whole hog because it's not worth it without the capital because you will be socially excluded for doing it. Mm -hmm. Like I I, I told my my main, my daytime job that I do like work on my visa. I told my bosses in my first interview that I do porn they're like okay cool we got a guy who works in a rock band so we got a rock star now we got a porn star and my bosses, I like I did an interview and my bosses saw it on Facebook and I come in the next day and they're like oh Hunter yeah cool name huh? like this is Berlin and that's like a very normal conservative yeah it job, really is you know what I mean like
0: Yeah, I think Europe just used porn as another medium. And that's like the biggest thing that's mind blowing is there's not all this bullshit that kind of goes with it. Like people are like, oh, yeah, porn exists. It's okay." here. There's still like this whole thing of like, oh, you're a porn star. Well, I could do that, too. I could be the biggest porn star in the world. (laughs) It's like it's like going to an NBA player and being like, LeBron, you're good. But did you see what I did in high school? You don't know. Like, that, like it's just truly ridiculous. The vibe when I was in Grand Rapids, though,
1: like I it really was um quite harmful because like I was so proud of what I was doing with Chadwick mm. I was so proud of what I was what yeah. achieving. And we couldn't tell fucking anyone. The few people we did tell were like either kind of like they were nice and they were young people, you know. What I mean they're young, open yeah. people. They were nice enough about it, we're like, oh okay but like you know you're not going to get any of the jobs right or they were like yeah you guys okay do you do you need help you know what i mean yeah
0: that's definitely a thing in grand rapids because it's i think a thing i've had to unlearn a lot since moving from the midwest and particularly just like that area is there's so much of this like you have to be polite no matter what and just like overly being nice even if you're like oh i heavily disagree with something you, you worked your way out of it please tell me how. uh barely my partner gives me shit about so much like we'll go to a restaurant they'll mess up our order I'm like oh no it's fine don't worry about it <laughs> or even this like awful BBC article I um got interviewed for right after I was like I should send the interviewer an email and be like hey I didn't feel really uncomfortable with some of those questions but then I was like no I shouldn't do that she's just doing her job <laughs> like, it's like, it's like I just have that mindset and it sucks at times
1: it's little socialized uh, self-depowerment, like taking away your self worth through this socialization of like, oh, I don't need to bother anyone. I'm not important enough for that.
0: I mean, I think that's a major problem with like the whole Dutch culture, particularly in West Michigan. And I was actually just talking to someone about this today. There, um you know you probably know grand rapids got to name the most depressed city in the united states right i did not That's oh yeah amazing. that happened two years ago yeah yeah we're I the most depressed city so oh, i'm happy with that yeah so like i see a lot of depression in my family and there's been a lot of like suicidal ideation there's been a few suicides and stuff but it's all because of this dutch mindset of like I'm just going to suffer alone. I don't want to be a burden on anyone. I don't want to harm anyone else. I'm just going to keep it inside, internalize it. And like, just trying to unlearn that stuff so important because you're like, so just brought up in it. And that's just kind of how you normally handle any bullshit that happens. Did you feel that? that?
1: For me, it's, I don't, I can't really like say much to the Dutch mindset in my family because we didn't have that we had more of just the waspy sort of push things under the rug my like my entire both sides of my family had heavy alcoholism to the point of deaths Mm. and you know endless uh wrecked cars sort of thing and nobody talked about it because that's not a thing you talk about do you know (laughs) what i mean like it only with only with time that i find out all of the things that happened you're like oh yeah that's why we're all fucked up no i i I um so I didn't really come, I came out to my mom with sex work two years ago. My mom's been divorced from my dad for a long time. We we've kind of had our reckoning since childhood because she was a terrible mother mm-hmm. growing as a child, but has turned into an okay, like adult mother, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And she was incredibly accepting. She was very much like, what did she say? She's like, You're not fucked anybody without a condom are you well sometimes oh my god she's like all right well just just be careful
0: (laughs) yeah i feel like my family would would never be that bold they would just be like oh i don't know about that we don't do that in holland (laughs) like literally that's just like oh i don't know what people in holland would think about that
1: you're literally like when you say that oh I don't know about that I'm picturing some guy that I would tell that to in a bar right like say I'm getting yeah. drunk someone and I say and they're like well what do you do oh well I do poor oh well, I don't know about all that, like, that is yeah like the, so typical Holland yeah. to anything like that
0: yep oh my- 100% oh, it's I not trying to be overly best- judgmental just but being like oh wow
1: I have the absolute best story for you. You're gonna love this, yeah, right? I'm, okay. I'm all so
2: about
1: it. In Grand Rapids, I was working mm-hmm. at this place and me what and my place? girlfriend back can you, then. Can Can uh, you name her up? Nah, it's not worth it. It was a it was some brewery or another. Um, I was working at some brewery. Oh, the
0: one brewery, of course. Oh, right, you know the brewery. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. The one brewery in
1: Grand Rapids. I love this. So like when Chelsea came to visit me once in mm-hmm. Berlin, we were hanging out at my place. And I just like I was talking to I think it was you and Courtney. I yeah. Like, yeah. I work at a work at a brewery. <laughs> and Chelsea just like we you you'd been so polite. You're like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I go I work at a brewery. And you go I'm fucking course, and just scream it out <laughs> and everybody like at you. you're like he's from Grand Rapids. Of course he's working at a brewery. It's
0: like and the still, only
1: job there. I still tell people about that. I'm like yeah, the only other person from Grand Rapids figured it out
0: my anyway. parents own a bar there like everyone does
1: oh, oh, yeah nice. in Holland. <laughs> yeah okay so we're out we're out at uh, um, this bar and i'd invited <laughs> two of my male co-workers one of whom both of whom were born in rapids one of whom was banned something something so they were both hard dutch i mean very hard dutch and we're all getting drunk and my girlfriend starts like texting she's like they're really hot and i'm like yeah she's like i'd love to fuck all three of you and i'm like Okay,
0: so that's just so started, bold in Grand Rapids oh, terms. Like uh, if a threesome happens, it's thought of as like the craziest thing. So
1: we're, we're drinking and me and her are texting. She's I'm like, well, how do you want to introduce this? I'm all about it. I'm like, fuck yeah. She's like, I don't know, we'll, see, we'll see. And she does <laughs> it in like the, the best way possible. You're just goes, so guys. Can I suck all your cocks? <laughs> and like, we've been, you know, like there've been flirty vibes all through the night. So like, they kind of look at each other and they're like, "Yeah, I don't. Uh, I mean, yeah, sure, I guess." I mean, like, they are two of the most masculine, like, very, very. They're very nice, but very masculine people. So we we all go back to our apartment. We're chatting normally on the way back, and like, you know, we're kind of joke flirting about it. We get back, we have some drinks. And I and I'm the Instagram. I'm like, all right, guys. Well, let's uh, go over there. Mind you, the apartment <laughs> has no actual wall. It's just sliding panels, right? So there's no yeah. Everything can be heard from everywhere. So we all go around her. She gets on her knees. I take out my dick. They both look at me and go, Yeah, no, we're gonna wait. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, they and I'm like, okay. And they decide the best way to do it is if she takes what no joke this was a discussion take each one of us into one of these sliding panel rooms <laughs> suck each of them off and then the, and then like because they didn't want to you know be naked in front of yeah each that
0: that's also such that. a like just a wholesome way of like oh we can't see each other naked so we just have to go into the other room yeah, the panel
1: room because you just can't see another dick. one i'm like oh schools. my god that's so mm-hmm. funny that's Best part so I had to sit out there with the one who was not currently getting sucked off at the time. Both of them decided to talk about sports. I Of course. I know nothing about sports. I said this to both of them. I said, huh, I'm not really into sports. And continue to talk to me Do about you sports.
0: remember what they were talking about specifically? I need to know what West Michigan I sports this has really to do with.
1: wish I did. I know it was Michigan, Michigan State something. I know it was football okay. something. I oh, and I, well. I, I remember at some point thinking, oh, well, this person really needs to talk about sports right now. Because you can clearly hear the other dude coming in the background. Like yeah. There's, there's I mean. like there's
2: In the background. <laughs>
0: yeah I mean I'm it's yeah it's a serious thing there like that's, that's what people are committed is. about yep yep well, I, like I'm, there's I'm, sexual I'm, repression and then being like well you know Michigan and Jim Harbaugh Jim Harbaugh needs his job fired <laughs> and I'm like I completely agree like but <laughs> just, I, I just don't try to have those two things that close <laughs> mm-hmm hmm I,
1: I, I try not to have the, the second one as much as possible. I try to stay away from sports in every way, human and us, because it's terrible. I don't
0: know. Yeah, I'm one of those people who got born into the whole um, Michigan football thing, and it's...
1: Oh, no, I'm so sorry.
0: Oh, it's so bad. It's so oh, depressing. Yeah, I love go. it so much. But, yeah, this last week was hard. Like, I know it's always going to happen. It's like watching... It's the closest thing I feel like I had to religion in my family because we, like, got together, like, as the holidays for the games and stuff. So, yeah, yeah it's, is like...
1: That a, is that a Dyson vacuum on your back
0: wall? It is, actually, a Dyson vacuum. Um, we actually have a very nice stand for it. Um, I mean, I very much... I, I wanted to
1: comment on that earlier, but I also felt that oh, that would just make a flawless segue. Because-
0: you are the only person who actually mentioned the Dyson vacuum in this this whole season so
1: dude I've been looking at vacuums to buy and I'm like I will never be able to justify putting the money into a Dyson vacuum because they're stupid expensive I don't know if they are there here it's like 400 fucking euros and I want one so bad don't get me wrong I would buy one in a heartbeat I just got these. hold on I'll show you what I spent (laughs) my money on I spent my money on these stupid expensive cats.
0: Oh my God, your cat know, is
1: adorable. I know, I know. this is HR this is Puffin stuff. What I literally
0: Puffin. just have a cat that just like came out of like a trash bin. And like he was yelling at my door. Hold
1: on, I want to show you this.
0: Wow. Oh, oh
1: come here, come
0: here. These, these are me. some very cute, very fancy German looking cats. This is the flu. We don't this have that fancy is. of cats in Michigan, I feel like. How I are her eyes it. like that? That's unreal. There, they they don't have any gender because cats don't need gender.
2: Wow. They are
1: a uh, ragdoll, and ragdolls are perfect because they have no they have no needs in life. They just go, they're just flat.
0: That's just... so cute. <laughs> yeah, I just have a oh. calico cat that screams at everyone. Like that's her one ability. It's just Did like screaming. It? Did you rescue her? Um, she just came to my door when I was like in eighth grade just screaming at us until we were yeah. like oh we have a cat now <laughs> that's Love all me. like she kind of does now too so yeah Love me. <laughs> basically but yeah so what made you move to Berlin from Grand Rapids because it sounds like I mean we were both making like good money living in Grand Rapids for me I was just like okay I need more opportunities than
1: for me it was in I was camming with a partner, and she was, you know, camming as a guy with a penis is not nearly as lucrative as I would camming. The 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 straight white male money doesn't flow that much there.
0: <laughs> but the I one like, field, was, the one field where it doesn't work out for me, a white male.
1: <laughs> absolutely, I have chosen the one field where all of my privileges—not well, all. Of my <laughs> Some of them are neutralized. <laughs> but no, so I was like, I was really getting good at the production value, but also I realized that like I I, I wasn't really doing anything on my own. I wasn't really I was in porn, but I wasn't mm-hmm. doing my own thing. So I'm like, I want to go somewhere where I can really make movies, where I can, I can I can do the things I want to do. And you know, it was around this time, I don't know about you, but I got into porn in this like incredibly Gross and masculine and fucking exploitative way. I was working at a um, my first job was working at a um, sex toy store, or sex toy chain okay. in northern Michigan, and I worked for this guy who wanted to start his own uh, porn company. With he, he was forty five year old dude wanted to start a porn company with his eighteen year old girlfriend, oh my god, a and I as I Craigslist cra- 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 ad for this thing. And wow. It was it was exactly as bad as he like worse, worse than you think it would could, could be. And I was 18, and that was my first instruction porn, which is like one of the ways that we would get uh male performers, male performers you want to call them. That, yeah, is he he put up black and white printed out signs on all the sex waved uh stores with a picture of her with the statement underneath it, wanna fuck this, call <laughs> this number, and that's how we got male talent. It oh was, my god that is somebody, the
0: worst
1: it, it was where it was so bad the one time some guy showed up like it was he you know he showed up to the hotel room the producer who's the boyfriend didn't tell him he's the boyfriend so as soon as he the guy finds out he's a boyfriend he's like nervous and instead of like i don't know just trying to make the guy feel a little bit more comfortable the guy go the producer goes what well, is that a fucking problem is she not hot enough
0: so oh my guy, god
1: they had brought a full bar with them for this dude for this two person shoot and the guy proceeds to drink an entire bottle of captain morgan within 15 minutes and tries to do the scene nope. like soft shit <laughs> completely and me as an 18 year old with no zero like literally zero uh, experience of the world felt mm-hmm. bad for this like at least 55 year old dude and i'm like hey man it's okay it's not it's
0: fine yeah, like it's like having like a straight up like call up for like a local tryout for like a professional sports team and be like yeah just like go in there see what you can do and then when they fail you're like oh what do you mean she not hot enough like what the fuck <laughs> that would be like what oh, you can't make a basket what the fuck's wrong with you what you haven't practiced dude get the fuck up! everybody laughs at this guy he's ridiculous right, right? <laughs>
1: So then the guy like he, he somehow like jimmied his penis inside of her and we shot a God awful scene. And I was like, don't get me wrong. The scene was very well filmed, but all I remember is him like literally after drinking an entire fifth of Captain Morgan drive, like, like pulling out of that hotel in his truck at like 70 miles per hour. And me just being like, yeah this is fine I, yep okay uh, this guy's responsible he knows what he's doing because like i
0: didn't know any fucking better truly like in michigan everyone fucking drinks and drives and it's a real fucking issue it's so not safe
1: it's so un- unfortunate when i go back and hang out with friends and like i'm like all right guys who's gonna uh super drive and, like no one
0: yeah right everyone's like, like what what do you mean stop being a little bitch <laughs>
1: It's so upsetting, honestly. Is it the same way in Cali? Like, do you guys? No, not them? at
0: all. I think it's simply God, a Grand God, Rapids man. thing because everyone's like, "Well, there's like barely any cars on the road, and like, there's all these like justifications. It's like, well, there's so many breweries. How are you supposed to get in between them?
1: <laughs> well, if they didn't want to drunk driving, they wouldn't put up so many beer
2: places, right? <laughs>
1: I had friends that would like do drink drug driving games at stop sites and tell me about them in bars and like, man, I, it's, it's not okay. It's just not
0: okay. In some ways, Grand Raps is a whole different fucking universe because are so many people doing so much reckless stuff and you're just like, this doesn't happen in other places or like the amount of like um, people going out to drink and taking like pain pills with it and just being like, oh yeah, I just take some Vicodin
1: the fucking i went back uh for a wedding in traverse city and everybody is just like popping xanax tabs or telling me about all oh yeah it's a friends. thing i popped like five xanax then got really drunk <laughs> and then i woke up with all my silverware arranged nicely on my front yard and turned out that i've been arrested by the neighbors <laughs> <laughs> funny
0: it's like, true like it's everywhere like i've had friends get arrested for xanax and shit for fake xanax in grand rapids like it I don't know. I left before like Coke got there, but I feel like it got really bad shortly after.
1: I really I didn't do coke. I the only drugs I did in um Grand Rapids were mushrooms that I grew myself and weed because like doing I often doing drugs in the US is just not fucking worth it, especially in Michigan where they have the only drug charge I've ever had was driving wild while weed was legal in Michigan, right? It was at least legal in Grand Rapids. I was at a music festival, driving back up to Traverse City, got stopped by Officer Friendly in some small podunk town. He's like, <laughs> "Oh, hey there! You got any weed on you?" And me thinking it's completely legal because that's what I thought. Go, yeah. Oh yeah, I've got some crumbs. Motherfucker gave me like a, a misdemeanor for crumbs. Like the year wow. before, it was fully. I I don't know, man. Like the 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 willingness and. Interest the cops have in prosecuting small drug charges in... Mm. Okay, for example, here, I just found this in my my records, right? When I first moved to Berlin, I got caught with, um, again, me being a dumbass, I got caught with one ecstasy pill because cops asked, they asked me, coming out of the club (laughs) with eyeballs like this, do you have any drugs on you? And I go, yeah. (laughs) But they sent me, so like, you know, they didn't charge me anything. (laughs) They just sent me this really nice paper that asks, um, I will either, I either did this thing or didn't. The dealer who gave me this drug is named so-and-so. They, they have like a fill-in form, right?
0: Oh, wow.
1: I know him personally. I know him from other people. I'd probably recognize him at a stop sign or like a stoplight. Um, are there any other descriptions of the dealer anything else you'd like to explain about this potential charge we're not charging you would you just like to explain about it and
0: we just want you to fill gen- out a questionnaire a questionnaire
1: for them not charging me with drug possession this is why i love berlin because it's just nobody gives a shit here. even the cops yeah. when i told them i have a pill they look at me there and the, the guy's like did you really have to say yes <laughs> <laughs> no joke. it's just like fuck now we're gonna
2: fill
0: out paperwork yeah I feel like both Berlin and Amsterdam are just so that way with drugs where it's just like so open and free like there's times during the year in Amsterdam where you can have up to like a gram of coke on you during like festivals and stuff where it's just like oh yeah it's totally fine we just are leaning in during that amount of time it's just so different than what you would ever assume should... in the United States
1: you've lived in Amsterdam right
0: no I've only lived in California and oh. Holland Okay, I've worked a lot the there first... though.
1: Okay, you should come move to Europe for a bit. That was the me.
0: plan before the pandemic. My partner um also works for me yeah. that was based in Amsterdam, and we're like, oh, we'll move there for six months. And then obviously the pandemic um happened, they left that company, so right, I don't know. Right, right, right. Maybe eventually, but I'm really happy I got to shoot a film in Amsterdam right before the pandemic. So what was the film? It's called From Holland with Love. I actually got nominated oh, for a Fleshbot no Award. Yeah. No shit.
1: Yeah. The for
0: Best Scene, are- which is wild.
1: You are always getting nominated for awards. I am actually intensely impressed by that. Like, you are always
0: getting nominated for some award
1: or another. It's way cool.
0: It's, see, my problem was, it, not until the pandemic happened, I had no work-life balance. So my whole issue at the time was, okay, I got nominated for this okay, I need to work harder so I don't lose this. And that was my mindset for about six years <laughs> until the last two years where now I can actually enjoy the shit. Right. But truly like ever since fucking Mystic, I was just in a constant thing of, okay, what's the next movie? What's the next movie? Is this gonna get nominated for this? This could be nominated for this category. Is it gonna happen? Okay, if it does, I'm just living up to expectations. If it doesn't, what the fuck am I doing wrong? What's wrong with you?
2: This is I, ne- I
0: needed the pandemic to stop all that because now, like, that- I'm at home, like, even if I get into a festival or get an AVN nomination, I'm still going to go about the rest of my day, you know?
1: Do you think a lot of that's mental health stuff or do you think that's, like, career-wise stuff, like, the undue pressure of I always need to be better? Or do you think it's, like, how the career, like, this career specifically does that to you?
0: Um, My problem was I had a lot of unresolved mental health stuff. Some of it came from this industry as well as like when I dealt with like all the turf harassment and shit. So my issue was instead of being like, Oh, I need to go to therapy, I need to get help, I need to figure out tools to manage this. I was like, I don't need that. If I just pour all back into my art, that's where I'm gonna see like success and everything. So I made a lot of cool movies and stuff, but I was just really depressed and hated everything until I started like going to therapy and being like, Oh, it's not just me and yeah, I like, found out more about my family's like history and mental health and realizing I'm from the most depressed city in the country. Also been like, oh, it's not just me. So I, really, I don't I feel like I'm porn not. caused it. I think I was just using it as like a coping mechanism.
1: I, I think you're right. It's like anything that you do, any career, if you have that mindset of like, I need to be the best. I can never be good enough because I'm not good enough. Therefore, I need yeah. right? You're going to find that vibe in anything until you are able to break out and go, no, actually, I'm pretty fucking awesome.
0: Yeah, that's literally what it is. And then everything I feel like has been better since and I can actually enjoy this shit. But I think you can definitely get into that mindset of just being like, oh, my God, I have to live up to these expectations, especially when I moved to the bay. In Grand Rapids, no one gave a fuck about camming. No one gave a fuck about that. But when I moved here, all these people started treating me all different and being like, oh, you're going to do this, this, and this. And I'm just like, I just got off the plane like three weeks ago, you know?
1: What do you mean by this, this, and this? Did they tell you as in like producers or directors are telling you you're going to be doing these things that you didn't want to do? Or is it people just assuming, making assumptions
0: Making assumptions, assumptions that, oh, you're going to have all the success and i had no idea about that moving here because in grand rapids there's no one camming there's like five people i know there's no like external pressure of being like oh you're gonna be a thing and you need to know what's coming and i just truly didn't because yeah you just don't have that there but here i moved here when it was like the peak of the sf porn scene so i kind of just like walked into it um a good Isn't Grand Rapids it? comparison I like to compare it to is La Dispute. La Dispute was not the best band at the time. They were just young and got in at the right time when there was a huge scene in Grand Rapids with bands like Victor Fix the Sun, Still Remains. That's what made them be able to become a bigger thing. And I think it's just a lot about the timing and doing the right thing at the right time.
1: It, I think so much of it is luck and so much of it is, you're right. I, you're right. Let me <laughs> rephrase that. It's not luck. It's doing the right thing at the right time. You have to Mm -hmm. recognize the right time and be able to do the right thing and know what will suit that moment. And that does in in of itself take a good amount of skill. Yeah. I think that's what really differentiates people who are successful in a certain career versus people that aren't is because you need to be really dedicated to learning and understanding what will make you successful at that and then finding the right time to do it. Like when I was in Grand Rapids, I got really, well, let's say lucky. I spent the majority of my time when I wasn't camming on Tumblr or, you know, researching new porn um, directors, performers. And the first person who really, like, honestly, God, the the person who got me on this track that I am now is probably Ashley Vex because when I was on the perfect days of Tumblr, I, like, Vex, the first person I followed whose work, I was like, holy shit, (laughs) this is incredible. This is exactly what I want to be doing. Yeah, and that got me into this whole world that then introduced me to ex-confessions back in like the early days of ex-confessions, mm-hmm. and like all, all the people that I, I work with now in Berlin, like this entire crew. Mm-hmm. And I was like, "This is this is what I want to be doing." And it, it it took me finding that, realizing that that's what I want to be doing, and then taking the steps to end up in the city where that's possible. Because that, that, that's basically the entire reason I moved to Berlin. I had no idea about the party scene. I had no idea about the drug scene, anything. Mm-hmm. I was just like, this is where the people who are making the porn... Yeah, the this bi- is where porn
0: is. Yep. Yeah, just so si- same th- same story, different um, city, basically. <laughs> where that I'm was, like, oh, yeah. people in SF are doing this. I don't know much about San Francisco. I don't not even knew. It. I did even know what the Bay Area was when I first went out here, to be honest. I'm like somewhere out there there is a thing it sounds like that's a lot of your story from Berlin and I think particularly being from such a small town I feel like I reached my expectations so early because my expectations were so low because you're from such a small city like I'm not trying to go back to sports analogies that much but like oh God, being from a small no. town okay, okay yes you it's all these minor league sports teams so what your like kind of view on the cap of how to be successful, it's on that. It's like, oh, we have like an AHL team, like the Griffins. And like, I grew up like, wow, it would be really great to be like on a platform that large in the porn industry or something like that. You get what I'm saying? Like being a second Mm -hmm, tier performer. And then when all this real stuff happened, I was basically like without goals for a minute, just being like, what do I do now? Like my five-year goal was to get one AVN nomination. And now it's just like, I got that after two. And it's just like, you're really searching for what to do.
1: That was the wildest moment for me when I got the actual, like, nobody in Berlin really knows the AVNs. Can you back me up? The AVNs are a big fucking deal, right?
0: Yeah, it's truly the Olympics. It's like the Olympics of fucking porn. It's truly the whole fucking globe. You have people come in from Asia. You have people come in from South America. You have people all over the United States, all over Canada, all over Europe. It's Australia. It's truly global. It takes you. over all of Las Vegas for an entire week.
1: I, I honestly, I was, I was both really sad and really relieved that I didn't end up going when I got nominated because like, I, it, it was, holy shit, it changed my entire view of myself and everything because I was like, I know the AVNs as this big thing and here I am getting nominated for Best Feet. My phone oh got nominated for Best Feet, right? Yeah. I'm like, oh, wild. I really want to go and experience that at some point but I also think that if I would have gone when at that time I would have had a mental breakdown because going to Las Vegas alone for the first time with not much money to spend oh dear god I would if I would have absolutely just
0: couldn't have handled but that's what happens at this award show because it's other awards they're fun and all like but those aren't the things that really will define your career winning an AVN will define your career And there's not many jobs in the world that you have that you can have one night kind of change the narrative of your career. I think there's so much pressure around that. Even if you're like, oh, well, I'm just going, I don't think I'm going to win. It's still there though. And it's still in that room and there's still people having those feelings. And it's just like, yeah, I think it's a really unique thing because as a performer, if you do win an AVN for the rest of your career, you're going to be the AVN award-winning, blah, 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 blah. You know,
1: like, it really is something that's, uh, see, this is one thing that I would really love to experience with the California porn scene, because here, like you said earlier, like it's Berlin is a city where you have a lot of people doing it just for the art. That's great (laughs) and all, but also Mm -hmm. that means you have a lot of people who aren't, are are kind of like, it's not career style, you know what I mean? It's people who, who do sex work, just not for the sense of like this is going to be my 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 life it's not going to be my thing and I really want to be around like a a bigger community of people who this is their life their entire life's goal and passion is producing sexual content or changing the narrative on how sex and porn are viewed like that sounds so fucking cool
0: yeah I think the best bet in the United States right now is probably Vegas because it's a huge content trade hub right now so you just have thousands of performers living there constantly shooting content trade nearly every day there's some drawbacks there's people faking STI tests which is really really sketchy obviously but at the same time it's getting these studios out of it and essentially just having it be performers controlling their own careers and their own content LA is still definitely still on the studio model there's still some content trade that happens and then NSF it's pretty much dead there's maybe a handful of performers left here um Really? Even before the pandemic. Yeah. Um, kind of what happened, I would say probably in like 2006, 2000, I mean, 2017, a lot of the people who are big names here are going overseas to do all this stuff. Like there was a long time where I didn't shoot in the Bay at all where I'm like, Oh, I shot a movie in Berlin. I shot a movie in Amsterdam or London or wherever where there's just not that much porn being made here. I think um, the armory closing was a really big deal and a lot of people yeah, moved. Yeah. Yeah, um, I have,
1: I have a couple of people moved um, who used to work with King.com, moved over to Berlin now and have they are doing full-time working with different porn uh, sites yeah. here in Berlin, which makes me super happy that they're able to do that here. It gives me hope for the Berlin porn scene, to be honest.
0: Yeah, I mean, honestly... I think Berlin has the most potential of any place in the world so right now. And I think there's the most energy there. It's just, I don't know how much of the pandemic killed off that energy.
1: I think, it's the, I think the energy is there. I think it's the ability to form ourselves into something that would I, I really hate that if I like one of my goals is to start a porn set at some at some point, right? And be able to producing my own porn yeah. the way I want to see it. And I know at some point I'm going to have to suck so much straight white cock because that's where the money is coming from in porn. And that's what I think upsets the entire model of capitalism, is that we need to you have so many really, really creative people with really amazing ideas for indie movies, indie porn in Berlin that aren't financially viable because mm-hmm. they don't go along with the societal norms of where money has been collected Mm -hmm. due to these societal norms and i'm one of the biggest things i'm trying to find out i'm trying to like slowly figure out is how to have that money trickle to us right in a way that allows Mm -hmm. us to still produce porn in the way that we want to going by the same values that we want to without selling out completely right but also i feel like there's got to be a certain le- level of selling out that's necessary. I don't know. I go, I go back and forth on this one all the time.
0: Yeah, I think it's a hard medium, but I also feel like, yeah, I think it's the whole industry behind it. That's the thing I've learned, I think, the most about doing this podcast and talking to so many people around the world. Like, Porn is such a pure medium, if you take it as just a medium. It's just mm-hmm. every single country has this whole system behind it and how it works and who gets paid and how they get paid and I feel like it just varies so much from country to country and I don't I don't really know what the solution is honestly I think it's just me so much about just continuing Trial and error, right making shit that's kind of where I feel but I have two more questions for you I don't want to keep you all day um so You've obviously accomplished a lot in your career that you probably didn't see coming, like the AVN nomination. Is there anything else that's like on your list of things you want to accomplish before you're done with Born?
1: Absolutely. Like I said, I really want to start my own website. And right now my, my current plan, here's my current plan, like my big accomplishment that I want to do is I really want to help people like myself. Like I, as a formerly super conservative, raised, intensely masculine person mm-hmm. who was kind of brought around through the help of a lot of people and a lot of people giving their time and energy mm-hmm. to proper thinking, proper thinking, to being less toxically masculine than before. Mm. I really wanna do something that helps people be less harmful to, them, to be to be less, toxic. to really just fuck with the entirety of toxic masculinity. That's goal number one. Personal goal number two is I want to start a website that funds a super fun sex bar here in Berlin. Let me tell you about the sex bar.
0: It's going to Does be, it exist already? Or are, well, are you going to make the bar? Oh, wow. This is, this is, this Very grand rabbit's is, doing, rab so. is move, moving to another city and be like, I'm opening a bar.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Because if there's two things I know, it's beer and it's fucking- I want to have a bar with a porn site ran out of it. I want the entire bar to be made of dildos. I want to have weekly cam girl performances on stage that people can watch. It will be sex worker heaven. It will probably only be uh, visited by creepy men who I have to keep under the eye of security because that's the life we live. But fuck yeah, this bar is going to be great.
0: That's so, so cool. That's, I, I, that's the best answer anyone's given me where they're like, I'm opening a sex bar, made of dildos." <laughs> <laughs> I love that. So I have one final question. Okay. This is the one I ask everyone. This is the most kind of out there question. If you could wake up tomorrow and one thing in porn can magically be changed, what would it be? I'd have three cats. In porn. Oh, that still doesn't count? no. No. <laughs> wait what do you mean it, i want another cat yeah
1: i don't want to pay for it to, you know, give me a cat. like cats. in porn if i could wake up tomorrow honestly if i could wake up tomorrow something yeah. would be changed it would be that someone had called me in the night and said hey that idea you have for a porn site i'm going to fund that and you i i agree with your morals i agree with what you want to do i'm on board i don't have any questions here's the money make your dream a reality
0: that's yeah, that, that would that, be that, that's the dream email to get i'm i'm waiting right. for that every day too. <laughs> <laughs> oh well Thomas. thank you so much for coming on the pod i had so much fun talking to you and i think we provided so much grand rapids content we didn't talk about meyer though which is really sad we'll get there we'll
2: get there we yeah. both know it exists yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> we'll i talked about it on the last podcast so i think people should know but you talk about meyer with um, it's actually Esperanza del Horno from, um, the, from the Netherlands. They were talking about how they can't find, um, Dutch cheese here. And I'm like, oh no, like you go to Meyer. <laughs> there's so much Meijer, Dutch yeah. Gouda, like from the Netherlands. And I'm like, yeah, I have a bunch. Like, uh, my mom was just here. So she brought a bunch of Dutch stuff back. So. Yeah. <laughs> I was talking about Myers being like, it's open all the time. It has everything. You can buy tires. You can buy paint. You can buy groceries. You can buy CDs. You can buy camping equipment.
1: Sharing the best parts of Midwest culture with our, with our European friends. Yeah. emissary, Michigan emissary right here.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, is there anything um, anywhere people can find you and some plugs you want to do before we wrap it up?
1: yeah yeah um i'm on twitter at huntress johnson x also same on instagram huntress johnson x i'm gonna be performing in a berlin show called stripper wars in the upcoming days anybody who's in berlin please get some tickets to stripper wars it's super fun a bunch of strippers beating shit on each other (laughs) that's so badass (laughs) it's so great so uh, my, my character is going to be called Tucker Chad Brockman, and I am going to be having the shit beat out of me as the <laughs> emissary, as just the, as the perfect masculine character. Um, so come see Tripper Wars. Uh, watch my new ex-confession film, When It Comes Out, Hold the Tip, and chelsea thank you so much this is yeah that. thank like, you even just on like just to talk to you it's been great thanks so much for talking totally to this fun. is
0: half the reason i have this podcast just so i can talk to people that are my performer friends who we usually don't get an hour to sit down and just like talk about shit so no
1: or it's like super high pressure like we're at some event and we have to yeah know, it's like networking right like this is mm-hmm.
0: nice yeah yeah yeah. Thanks for doing this yeah definitely hope to have you on again soon in the future and I guess this is a wrap for season one so I'm so happy you were in my last podcast for this have a nice rest of your day enjoy everyone